Welcome back to Newsline Thursday. This is the Stuttering Sports Podcast, and then I'm your host, Spencer. And today is a pretty good episode. We got a bunch of stuff. We're going to talk about the Monday Night Football fallout, some Drew Brees rumors, some Matthew Stafford's rumors, Lewis Riddick being interviewed, Giannis Supermax, Cade Cunningham last night, and some NFL power rankings. So yeah, we got a pretty good episode ahead of us, going to discuss some hypotheticals. And uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get right into it with potentially the game of the year on Monday night, and that was the Ravens and the Browns, where the Ravens won 47-42 on Monday night primetime football. That game was awesome. Those last two minutes, I believe there were 20 points scored. Baker looked very good. Lamar Jackson, when he came back like Superman, I thought they were just going to kick the field goal or something. They went for the touchdown, and they got exactly that. But I will say, though, Baker looked good. Baker looked good. I thought this game would be very similar to the Ravens-Colts game from a few weeks back, where the Ravens won pretty handily, and the Colts offense did nothing. I thought that would be the case. But Baker played Baker played very, very well, and that is back-to-back games where he has played very, very well. That's something that you don't get too often. Maybe Baker, maybe Baker's stepping it up, and I hope he is because I like Baker. Baker's, Baker seems like a good guy. He's a pretty funny, pretty funny guy. I like the commercials. But yeah, he had he he threw sixty percent. 28 for 47, 343 yards, two TDs, and one pick. He did have the pick six, or actually, excuse me, very close to the pick six. That 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 one was pretty bad. But yeah, he, he had a good game. The Browns rushing attack showed out. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both played phenomenal. And yeah, the Browns overall, 42 points against the Ravens defense does not happen very often. And when you're the Browns, it shouldn't happen. So the Browns, although they lost, they're not the little brother anymore. Like, as I don't get me wrong, I get it, they lost. But you score 42 points in in that thrilling game, you're not the little brother. But let's talk about the Ravens. The Ravens, 7-5, coming off of the Pittsburgh game, I believe, where, you know, they weren't looking too hot, and that was a, a and that was a lot. Oh, they were coming off of the Cowboys game. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. They looked very hot versus the Cowboys game, coming off of the COVID game versus Pittsburgh, where their rushing attack looked incredible. J.K. Dobbins had a big game versus the Cowboys, and then here comes Lamar Jackson in this game. It was very strange to see him leave the game. A lot of people thought he pulled a Paul Pierce. I definitely bought into that. I thought that was very funny on Twitter. But it turns out he was having arm cramps, and honestly, I believe him. I'm not, yeah, I do believe him. But the way he came out when Trace McSorley was in and immediately scored that touchdown was so badass to me. That was so cool. Like, that was a moment where I was like, oh, shit, Lamar Jackson, good, good. Because Lamar Jackson, he is, he has definitely played well this year. He has not been Lamar Jackson from last year, and that's where he draws a lot of criticism because he has because it has seems like he's regressed, but it's really the system. They don't have like 
as I, they don't have Boyle in, they don't have Hayden Hurst anymore. They still need a number one wide receiver. So like, it really, you can credit some of it to the team around Lamar Jackson, but also, I mean, hell, the blame should be put on Jackson as well. Where Lamar Jackson went, went 11 for 17, 163 yards and a touchdown passing with 124 rushing yards and two TDs. He looked great on offense. And that was a thrilling game. Uh, the Ravens still are on the outside looking in of the playoffs. The Browns still remain the fifth seed, but they do have the same record as the Colts. Um, yeah, this that was that was one of the best games of the year. I'm glad I got to watch it. I'm glad a lot of people agree with me that that was one of the best games of the year. Moving on to rumors circulating around the internet and NFL that Drew Brees after this season will retire and do you know what I don't blame him and no one should this dude is like 40 years old he has had one of the most legendary careers the way he brought the Saints out of the depths of Hurricane Katrina and gave them a Super Bowl gave them basically every record in the book I do not blame him one bit and you know what? After sustaining the injury that he sustained, eleven broken ribs plus a collapsed lung, I don't blame him. And he was playing very well this season, man. I add they were seven and two with Breeze in seventy three point five completion rate, two thousand one hundred ninety six yards, eighteen TDs, and three interceptions. Drew Breeze was playing really good football, and he was. I mean, hell, like he has his entire career. I mean, he has done such a great job. And do you want, if this is it, then, you know, I hope he comes back. He, he has, quotes ways to go in his recovery. So I wish him the best of luck for the rest of this season. I know he picked up the Sunday night football gig like when he retires, which will, which will seemingly be after this season. So, hey. That's a great pickup for NBC, man. That's a phenomenal pickup. Fucking sucks that ESPN couldn't get him because ESPN blows dick. But yeah, Drew Drew Brees, Sunday Night Football. That is going to be very fun to watch. Maybe, maybe next season. Once again, these are all rumors. Drew Brees has not come out saying he's going to retire. These are simply rumors. But if this is it, I don't blame him. He finished his last year playing playing well i hope he comes back for the playoffs and i hope he makes a run because if this is it i'd like him to do well but yeah yeah after 11 broken ribs with a collapsed lung i don't fucking blame him when you already have that gig locked down moving on to matthew stafford rumors with him circulating that well, the Lions are probably gonna trade him this offseason. They're they are they are gonna do something with him. He is he is speculated to be out of Detroit. The Lions right now are going for through a full scale rebuild. The Ford family needs needs to leave the Lions. The Lions are forever cursed. So whatever they do, it 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 it, it quite simply won't mean anything. But yeah, Stafford most likely traded at the end of this season, and. And I would like to start this with very good for Matthew Stafford. He has given a lot to the city of Detroit. He has given a lot of good football to the city of Detroit. But, well, the Lions, the Lions front office could not do enough for him 
because Matt Patricia was his head coach after firing Jim Caldwell, who had a very good season. But yeah, let's look at Matthew Stafford's contract, though. Is this tradable? Of course it's tradable. It's only $27 million per year for the next two years. He will be an unrestricted free agent in 2023. All of the respect to him, Matthew Stafford is only 32 years old. He, 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 he may not be young, but if you're a team that is looking for a rental quarterback for two years, that, that you know will come in and play well, this is your guy, Math Matthew Stafford. His I don't think his trade value will be too high. Maybe a second. I'd say a second for Matthew Stafford, like a mid-range second for 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 Matthew Stafford. And some suitors that I came up with was one Pittsburgh. Big Ben's probably gone after this year. I'll talk about that later. Like not in this episode, but later, probably in Headline Monday. Two, the Colts. Like, Phillip Rivers is basically already gone. He has an Alabama head coaching job. Uh, he's a high school head coaching job down in Alabama. He's not taking Nick Saban's job. Three, three, three is Washington. Dwayne Haskins is not their guy. Alex Smith, not their guy. All the respect to Alex Smith, but he's not their guy. Four, the Giants. Daniel Jones. I'm going to talk about him on Headline Monday because I'm going to give him one more game. But Daniel Jones is, is looking way too iffy. And the fifth and final one is the Bears. A little interdivisional trade. The Bears like the Bears are six and seven right now without an offense. If if they bring in Stafford, they instantly have an offense and they can maybe lure uh what's his name? Uh Mr. Robinson back. Mr. Allen Robinson back, a phenomenal receiver. I hope they do do that, because that would be really cool. But yeah, Matthew Stafford most likely gone out of Detroit. There have been some rumblings, and where there's smoke, smoke, there is fire. And very good for Matthew Stafford. Very good, very good for Matthew Stafford. But I do want to say a hypothetical I came up with. And I must say, I'd like to preface this with, this will not happen. I'm not saying that this will happen because it quite simply won't. But but something I came up with was what if the Jets traded what if the Jets traded for Stafford? What if they gave the Lions Darnold and like a fourth? Because what if because what if the Lions really like Darnold and they're like, "All right, well, we we will bring in Darnold right now, and I would like to first say that would be terrible for Darnold going 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 from the Jets with Adam Gase to the Lions with whoever the hell their head coaching job is gonna be. That's terrible. But but so what if the Jets were to get Matthew Stafford and have the number one pick and then proceed to trade back? Because the Trevor Lawrence stampede, they're going to get a lot of phone calls from teams like the Patriots, the Bears, Washington, Colts, Pittsburgh. A lot, a lot of phone calls there. So that is a very interesting thing that I came up with. Like, what if they just traded down, got a boatload of picks, then proceeded to pick from there? Kind of like how the Titans did a few years back when they had Mariota and they traded down to the Rams so they could get Jared Goff. Now, that won't happen, 
But what if it did? That would be very cool to see Stafford playing for the Jets and then the Jets just having a fuck ton of rookies and like a bunch of draft picks next year. It won't happen because that's preposterous, but that would be cool. Moving on to Lewis Riddick, ESPN analyst for the NFL, is being interviewed for both the Texans and the Lions general manager positions. And I hope Lewis Riddick gets one of the jobs because I want to see how more of these TV guys do as GMs because I don't think Mike Mayock's done a bad job at all with the Raiders. I actually think he's done quite a good job. And I hope that he gets one of the jobs because I want to see how more of these TV guys do. I think it'd be cool to see more more like more people from ESPN from from you know the NFL network getting jobs and then seeing if they can actually back up what they say on TV. That would be cool, you know, actually show their football smarts because because I think Mike Mayock has. I think he's done a very good job. Uh, I don't think Lewis Riddick should take the Texans job. That's basically fucking, that's terrible. I'm like, you get Deshaun Watson, but aside from that, you get an aging defense, a very high um, tax. I was about to say luxury tax. What am I saying? They have a very high salary cap, and uh, you have no draft picks. So that's not a very good idea. But I mean, but I mean, obviously he'll take it. But you no, know, I hope that he gets a job because I want to see more TV guys. I wish him the best of luck. I think they'll leave a Monday night spot open, so that would be interesting to see who ESPN fills in for the Monday night football spot because I think they need someone bad. Moving on to some basketball talk. Giannis Antetokounmpo, one of the best players in the league, reigning MVP and DP excuse me, and DPOY has signed a massive super max extension to stay in Milwaukee. Five years, $228 million, the largest contract in NBA history. And round of applause to Giannis, round of applause to him. He was a kid from Greece when he was drafted 18 years old, a very, very raw prospect. And in the matter of six, seven years, he is now a filthy, filthy, filthy rich man. So good for Giannis. That is incredible that he got the contract that that he does deserve. This did come as a shock to a lot of people because a bunch of people were speculating, oh, Giannis is going to leave. He doesn't want to stay in Milwaukee. He wants to go to Miami or Toronto, which, come on. I, I, like, I, I did... I did kind of have suspicions that Giannis might leave, but I did not think he would go to Miami. I don't think he'd go to Toronto either. I think he'd choose Toronto above Miami, but I don't think he would go to Miami. But, 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 but all this speculation means absolutely nothing because he's locked down for another five years. And when the Bucks gave the house for Drew Holiday, you could tell they're like, Giannis, dude, come. Come on, man. We can give you this massive contract. We're giving you Drew Holiday, you know? Like, this will be good. And great, great for Giannis. I hope that this picks up a trend that that just more players just stay with their fucking team. That is the most... that like That's like the worst part of the NBA to me. The fact that everyone moves teams like every three years. Like, dude, like every fucking player leaves. It's so stupid. 
like no, I really don't like that the NBA has become that. Like that's a part like of the culture that like players have a new team like every two years. Now, granted, I am all for player freedom. I'm not saying like the fucking I'm not saying that the GM should have complete control. I'm I'm saying that they should work in tandem. Like to figure out the best position. And I think the players should be more careful on who they choose to play with and and like and more so who they choose to play for. Because 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 I do think the NBA does have a real problem that players leave so often and that's unlike they and I feel like some people expect ratings to go up because of that. Because, oh, Paul George and Kawhi are playing together now. Whoa. Now, like, these guys are teamed up. Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Whoa. And Russell Westbrook's gone in a season, and James Harden is demanding a trade. And John Wall, oh, Wizards franchise guy. Oh, he's gone. Fucking awesome. Like, it's so lame to me. So when you see guys like like a Giannis who had been rumored to leave for the last however long now signing a supermax to stay with this small market team and try to build something there that's that is so awesome that is so awesome thank thank you Giannis thank you Milwaukee for for coming to that because I hope that that's a trend staying with your fucking team I hope that that's a thing going forward that would be awesome because the NBA, it has a problem. But that's a discussion for a different day. I'll definitely go in depth on that someday. Because the numbers on it, like, oh my god. like the, When you look at like the 2018 like All-Star team, like not many of them are still on the same team. And that's fucking pathetic. Like that is terrible. Moving on though. Moving on. Moving on. Let me get off my soapbox real quick to a great college basketball game last night between Oklahoma State and TCU. This game was this game was on ESPN for one reason. Cade Cunningham, potential number one overall pick in the 2021 NBA draft. Now, now granted, it's way too early to be saying anything like that because, well, the NBA season has not even started. But 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 Cade Cunningham, there's a lot of hype surrounding the kid. So I figured, hey, I'm not super into college basketball. And I'm definitely not super into the NBA draft. But hey, I'm going to give it a shot this year. So Cade Cunningham, one of the top prospects against TCU. Two pretty good teams go out there and they, and they had a great game. Cade Cunningham started off very, very rough. I believe he started one for ten. That could be wrong, but he but 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 he but he started off very rough. But then at the end of the game, during that second half, during those last ten minutes, he finished off the game with seventeen points, eight rebounds, and three assists from thirty-three point three percent shooting. The shooting splits were very ugly for Oklahoma State, just as a team, mostly really, especially during that first half. But but. Cade Cunningham did look very good. He he does look like a three-level scorer. TCU was playing some phenomenal defense. I forgot TCU's center's name, but he had six blocks, which is absurd. And speaking of TCU, RJ Nemhard. I don't know much about the NBA draft. I don't think I don't think he's expected to get drafted, but he has been playing very well this season. And he played very well last night, scoring 21 points, 4 rebounds, and 4 assists 
and the game winner for for TCU. As you know, he has averaged 18 a game this season, shooting 47% from the field. Shout out to RJ Nemhard. He is doing a very good job down in TCU. But yeah, the reason people were watching this game was was for Cade Cunningham. He was looking terrible at first, but then he started to bounce back during the second half. So he looked good. He looks like a good three-level scorer on defense. He looks all right, but this is such a small sample size. I'm very excited to watch more Cade Cunningham. So yeah, moving on, I'm going to talk about some head coaching positions that should be open, give my power rankings and my Thursday night preview, then I'll get the hell up out of here. Expected NFL head coaching jobs to be open. There are a lot of them. There are like this, like this happens like every year where teams just like the coaching carousel is bad. The Jets are going to fire Gase. The Lions already need a coach. The Falcons already need a coach. The Texans already need a coach. I think the Bears should fire Matt Nagy. The Jags definitely should fire Doug, Doug Marone. The Chargers definitely should fire, um, um, what's his name? And um, Mr. Anthony Lynn. Then the Bengals. The Bengals are in a weird spot because they have Burrow. Like Zach, I don't think Zach Taylor's a bad head coach. He just can't seem to win games. Like he's always close in the games, but he can't see seem to win them. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight potential jobs. And before Jalen Hurts came out, I mean Doug. Doug Peterson's name was on the chopping block. So there are going to be plenty of head coaching jobs. And I just don't know who the hell is going to be hired. Like you have the 49ers defensive coordinator. I mean, hell, like aside from him, there's a Chiefs offensive coordinator who's pretty good, Ravens defensive coordinator. There are just so many jobs open. Like that's like, I mean, like that is a quarter of the league right there who are going to be looking for new jobs. And it seemed like the same thing happened last year and the year before that. So that's just something I found very interesting, though. Moving on to my NFL power rankings. Let's start off at 32. No surprise here. New York Jets, 0-13. They lost by 37 points. 31, the 31 is the Jacksonville Jaguars. No one, no, no one can save their season, not even Gardner Minshew. Number 30, Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, no, they stink. 29, Houston Texans. They got embarrassed by the Bears. And Deshaun Watson has no one to throw to now that Will Fuller is out because PEDs and Brandon Cooks was also out. So they got it, like they got uh, they got utterly embarrassed. 28, the Atlanta Falcons. There's just nothing this team can do to win games. I don't think they're very good. Besides from the Raiders game, it, like they don't have a bright spot. And number 27, I have the Los Angeles Chargers. Well, you know, they beat the Falcons. They did that. 26, Dallas Cowboys. They beat the Bengals pretty handedly. Um, I don't like this Cowboys defense is just absolutely pathetic. Number 25, Carolina Panthers. They allowed Drew Locke four passing touchdowns. The number 24, Detroit Lions. They won against the Bears and they were competitive versus the Packers. I'll give them credit for that, but that's where the credit ends. At number 23, you have the Denver Broncos. Hey, you know, Drew Locke threw for four touchdowns. The Broncos are, are in a weird limbo with Drew Locke. It's going to be really weird. I'm going to talk about that more probably at the end of the season because, yeah, 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 yeah. 
at, at number 22, the San Francisco 49ers. Their, their defense is still great, but their offense has Nick Mullins at quarterback. At number 21, I have the Chicago Bears. The moment I ranked them at 28, they actually, I may have ranked them at 29. But yeah, they won a game by 29 points against um, Deshaun Watson when I predicted the Texans to win. So that's cool. At, at number 20, I have the New England Patriots. They got stomped out versus the Rams. They got stomped out, curb stomped, then spit on like right afterwards. That was bad. Number 19, I have the Giants. I don't know what – I don't know like how to make – I don't know how to make out this Giants team. They were terrible. They were really bad, very, very bad versus the Cardinals. Their offensive line could not play football, and Daniel Jones is not looking too good. At number 18, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Their season is being revived as we speak. Jalen Hurts doing a phenomenal job. Their whole team looked better, and they beat the fucking Saints. I don't know who they play this week, but I think it's a pretty big-name team, so I hope Jalen Hurts the best of luck. I'm, I'm rooting for him. Number 17, I have the Minnesota Vikings. They didn't look good versus the Bucks, but I mean, I mean, hell, when it comes to this bottom half, like from like 17 to 32, yeah, like no one is really looking good. At number 16, I have the Washington football team. They're on a four game win streak, I'd like to say, and their defense continues to show out with two defensive touchdowns. They don't have an offense, but they won a game purely through defensive scoring. So that's awesome. Like, that's just so cool to me. At number 15, I have the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, you know, they're the worst of the okay teams. Yeah. Like, they're, yeah. That's a pretty fair thing to say. At number 14, I have the Arizona Cardinals. Like, you know, they beat the Giants pretty handedly, but I don't know if that was the Giants being trash or the Cardinals being very good. At number 13, I have the Buccaneers uh, coming off of a bye week. They played the Vikings, and, you know, they won by 12, but I thought they would do it in a better way. Granted, a, a win's a win. A win's a win, so I'm never going to judge a team for winning, but they didn't come out too hot like I thought they would. Number 12, I have the Miami Dolphins against the Chiefs. They were competitive versus the Chiefs. They almost had a little comeback there, and they forced a bunch of turnovers because Xavier Howard is having such a phenomenal season. At number 11, I have the Seattle Seahawks. As long as Russell Wilson does not turn the ball over, they'll be phenomenal. But, well, Russell Wilson turns the ball over. Number 10, Cleveland Browns. Um, They fall a few spots because they lost. They're, it's simple as that, but they played really good football on Monday night. But, you know, at the end of the day, like you lost to a divisional rival during a very big game. At number nine, speaking of that divisional rival, we have the Baltimore Ravens. If Lamar Jackson's on, this whole team is not going to be stopped. At number eight, the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry, I don't think he's that far from 2,000 yards. He Like, he needs... I did this the other day, but he needs like 160 yards during the next three games. I'm like, he needs like 160 yards per game for the next three games, and he's playing some very bad rushing defenses, so I hope that he gets it. And they're in a win-now mode if they want to win the division, which they are currently leading, but you know, it's tied right now between them with the Colts. Speaking of the Colts, I think the Colts are the better team. I'm really liking this Colts team this year. 
I think they're extremely dangerous, and I think they can be poised for a Super Bowl run. But, you know, we'll talk about the team who's actually going to win the Super Bowl later. At number six, the Los Angeles Rams. You know, Rams have a phenomenal defense, and their offense, if they come out playing playing, playing very well, no one – like, it, like, like it's, it's going to be hard to stop them. At number five, Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers look bad. Pittsburgh looks bad. I think Big Ben's retiring after this year. Like, like they're just style of football. It's not looking good because Pittsburgh versus the Bills. I don't know if I said this on Headline Monday, but that first half, Pittsburgh's defense played phenomenal. And then, but the offense could do nothing. So, so yeah, that was cool. At number four, the New Orleans Saints. You know what? They lost to the Eagles. Taysom Hill, I don't know how to make it out. I thought Taysom Hill was going to continue to go up, but he seemed to regress a little bit, and it's, it's, it's a little concerning, I must say. At number three, Buffalo Bills. The Bills, I doubted them for way too long. They're very good. Josh Allen is very good. Their defense is fine enough. And um, Stephon Diggs this season, what a what a trade by the Bills to get Stephon Diggs. That was massive, and Cole Beasley's done a phenomenal job. Just Bills, just just this Bills team in general. Josh Allen, I can't wait to watch more of him. I can't wait. At number two, the Green Bay Packers. The Packers have just been winning games, like like as a. As yeah, like the Packers haven't been doing like, like the Packers haven't been doing anything crazy, but they've been winning games. And when you have the Saints lose, you have the Steelers lose, then yeah, the Packers are gonna jump up. And you have to make me choose between Packers and the Bills, dude. Fucking give me Rodgers. Give me the most talented quarterback of all time, every time. At number one, though, we're gonna have the future goat, Patrick Mahomes, and the Kansas City Chiefs sit at number one because they're. It's 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 phenomenal how they can only play like 15 minutes of football and they can still win the game. Like dude, like they they like it's incredible. It's fun like this like this cheat like this chip this Chiefs team. Like we just need to appreciate greatness. This kid Patrick Mahomes, I he's going to oh my gosh, they're going to run that division like the Patriots did. They're going to run it every year for like a decade. I mean, hell, they'll have Patrick Mahomes locked up for a decade. Shit, that massive-ass contract. But, yeah, like the Chiefs can turn the ball over four times and still score 33 points against one of the best defenses in the NFL. That's insanity. Like, that is utterly insane. I, I still cannot get over that. The fact that they can just do whatever they want and still win. Like, dude, like they can, like they can play 13 minutes of football, and then they'll still win. I don't get it. It's it's so fascinating. Like, I will, I'll keep saying that too. It's so fascinating. Moving on to Thursday night football prediction. Then I'll get out of here. The game tonight is an AFC West divisional game between the Chargers and the Raiders. Rookie Justin Herbert going up against a Raiders team that desperately needs a win. The Raiders are in a weird zone right now. They should be on a four-game losing streak, but they're one Hail Mary away from not being on one. They're one all-out blitz call from not being one. And, uh, hmm, 
The Raiders are in a very weird spot right now, but the Chargers have been in a weird spot this entire season. And could the Chargers play spoiler and and essentially take the Raiders like out of playoff contention? Yes. Do I think they will? No. I'm not counting on this Chargers team for anything. They like they always seem to lose. They always lose. Then the last and to add more fuel to the fire, the last time the Raiders were on prime time was Sunday night versus the Chiefs. They did not win, but they played a great game against the best team in the NFL. So, yeah, I do have the Raiders winning this one. I just don't think that you can count on the Chargers. It really is as simple as that. These are two teams that are in two very weird spots. I'm very excited to watch Justin Herbert play. I haven't watched much Raiders football, admittedly, but uh, I'm excited to watch him play tonight because, because, you know, they're still in the playoff hunt. That Colts loss did a number to their odds, but, well, they're in it. So, yep, that's going to do it for me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends. If not, share it with your friends. Follow me on Twitter at StutteringProds. That's Stuttering, P-R-O-D-S, and Instagram at StutteringSportsGuy. So, uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed and have a great day.